welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast with your hosts Jeremy and Brian, aka Mr. Probs, aka Big Tasty. Look, serving in worship and production can be one of the most rewarding experiences, but it can also feel like. I'm a worship pastor, and I'm a production pastor, and these are our problems. Welcome to episode 69 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast, where we aim to encourage, equip, and entertain worship and tech leaders all over the world, sponsored by Planning Center Online. What's up, Big Tasty? What is up? It's a Saturday morning. I'm ready to roll. Dude, it's actually cold here this morning. Is it? I mean... Relatively cold. I was going to say, like, I bet cold you. for me, not for you. <laughs> Let's just see. It is uh, seventeen here. The real mm-hmm. feel is thirteen. It is seventeen degrees. Yep. Okay, I take back everything <laughs> I said about it being cold here. We got snow because... yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. And tomorrow's the first day of March. So gotcha. So yeah. it's fifty-seven here right now. <laughs> Are you dying? <laughs> For me, dude, I am, we are, we are 40 degrees warmer than you. 40. Yeah. And it's still cold. Oh my goodness. So but it's going to be a high of 71 today. So gotcha. our high is 30. Gosh. Yeah. So, well, I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the worship leader probs <laughs> weathercast. <laughs> Live Doppler radar. <laughs> All right, Big Tasty, you want to tell the fans a little bit about our title sponsor, Planning Center Online. Yeah. So, okay. Planning Center designs software to help you uh, find freedom to focus on what really matters in your ministry. Planning Center, they're a set of seven online applications that you can subscribe to individually, or you can use them together as a full church management system. Uh, They have software that will help you check people into events and classes, receive, process, and track donations, organize small groups and take attendance, centralize everything you need to gain insight into your church members, take online event signups and payments, track and approve how and when facilities and resources are used, and schedule volunteers in any ministry, plan services, and equip your worship team. You can explore any of their applications uh, with a a 30-day free trial and learn more at planning.center. Okay, so here's the deal. Like, I've, I, there was on the uh, church, uh, the mo- church motion graphics Facebook group. Somebody put, "What are your go-to tools for your job?" And like, literally, almost everyone planning center. Absolutely. So, look, I get it. We're all using planning center for like our services and stuff like that. But the cool thing is, if using planning center for everything that you do in your church, right? So imagine this. So we do this thing called Rooted. You guys have heard me talk about it, right? So what happens if a new person comes in? They register for Rooted now. When they register for that, all their information now goes into my main church database where I can now access them through the Planning Center People app, which is free in the, when, when you're in uh, the whole thing. So now when it's time in this person, now they've gone through Rooted, God has changed their life, they're ready for a life group. When it's time for me to go and find a life group and assign them, now all their information, everything's already saved in there. So in like two clicks, I can have them connected to a life group leader. The minute that life group, I put them in there, the life group leader will get an alert saying that Brian Tabor has been added to Jeremy Van Valkenburg's life group. Now that life group leader knows that they can then go reach out and they can go talk to that person. And it all started with just registering for an event now I have everything I need to help keep that person connected into ministry. They're the best. Mic drop. They're the best. 
And yet again, we went longer than they asked us to. <laughs> but it's hard not to wax eloquent. I, you like you to love spike something the ball. So much. You, you're excited and you like to spike the ball. I am Karts Karai. <laughs> I think he was a volleyball player. I think so. Well, dude, what's what's going on in Indiana? House church ministry. What are we working on these days? Uh, Easter. Easter and Good oh, Friday, man. working on that. And campuses. Working on Ooh, campuses. Wow. Yep. yep, working on campuses. So doing that. Um, I can't, I don't think I said this last week, but our church does this thing called change for a dollar where. Yeah. We talked about that. Did we talk about it last week? So this week we're, we have a big celebration of uh, $1 million given away through that ministry. And so we've invited everybody who's received it to come back if they're able and uh, allow us to celebrate them and pray over them. And so that's going to be a cool thing this weekend. Um, Yeah. You know, ministry it's, it's, there's no off position. No, there's not. Whether it's your day off or whatever, there's always something Isn't going it Staples on. that has that easy button? The easy button, yeah. I'm waiting for that easy button. <laughs> my uh, my former worship pastor I worked with, Randy, he had the, the easy button. Nice. <laughs> and we would like fix something or do something. He'd always hit it. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> what about yeah, dude, you, we- man? Oh man, we, we are we are busy as all get out right now. We've got a guest speaker in this weekend uh, from a church down in West Palm. And, uh, so, and then our, our worship master has been out all week on a cruise. That was a much deserved vacation for him and his family. And so he's going to be coming back in. And so we got that. And the next weekend, we got a, a huge night of worship on Friday night, Saturday, churchwide dodgeball tournament. Sunday is our taste of TC three, which is this big fundraiser thing that we do, uh, where people make food and there's judging and it's super fun and super cool. So are you playing, yeah, are you playing dodgeball? I am not playing dodgeball. I have this vision of you in like with arm pads, like elbow pads uh, and knee pads yeah. and like those big sports goggles. Oh man, no. I can maybe it's the beard like in a ponytail beard or whatever you call that, like gathered together. A beard pony? A beard pony. Yeah. Um no, I like I just I, I would end up in the hospital <laughs> like with as bad as my back is. But yeah, so it's good, dude. There is. Have you listened? So, Vertical Worship has got a new album coming out, and this morning I was listening. There's two songs they've already dropped out of it. Holy mm. moly, mind blown! Um, oh, what, there was a song called "Faithful." Now it was like, I will speak to my fear mm. and preach to my doubt that if you were faithful, then you're still faithful now. Right? Come on, and Thor I, Thor sings that, right? I, I think it is Thor. <laughs> And so like, I was listening to it when I was in the shower and I'm like, I'm a little emotionally tender right now. And I was sobbing in the shower, just like thinking over those lyrics. So good. Um, so, so good. There's I just so that. much, there's so much good stuff coming out. Like that's coming for your churches. Churches, city's got their album. That's going to be coming soon. You've got elevation's got a new album. Passion drops a new album next week or the week after. Corey Asbury's uh, vertical, dropping new stuff. Corey Asbury. I mean, it's just like, let's go. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm super excited. We are introducing Christ Be Magnified this weekend Ooh. and nothing else from Cody Carnes. Dang. It's a, it's a two song. We're do, it's the two new songs this weekend. And oh my goodness. Worship so Carney. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it for dude. me. I'm out. Yep. BT, BT gown. <laughs> so, dude. Um, one of the things I love, and we 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 listen to uh, Scott Longyear talk about this all the time. Whenever we're with him, you know, when it when it comes to like, there is this battle that's raging, 
right? In the spiritual realm over each and every one of us. And many times it, I think it metastasizes in our mind. Uh, I think that's where the enemy goes after first. And then maybe it's physical ailments or it's just the circumstances around it. But there's always this like thing going around. And I've been in a season personally of like issues with my back and this and that, and, uh, but just all kinds of crazy going on. And uh, I've been trying really hard, like in the word every single day and stuff like that. And I think one of the things that we have for us going is like Christians. And I think for those of you listening specifically to this podcast, like one of the things that's huge for us is like, I think Scott Longyear says this, the greatest tool that we have in the battle against the enemy is our worship. Amen. You know what I mean? Like Amen. whenever the bad thoughts come in, whenever we're struggling, whatever, like if we'll just stop, take the time and worship, um, like it's just amazing what God will do in those moments. And so last week, BT and I get this, this video from Scott Longyear and Scott is in Israel. I think, was he standing in Capernaum maybe? I can't remember where I don't remember exactly where he was, but he just sends us this video. He's like, boys, right now I'm standing in, uh, let's just say it's Capernaum. I'm literally standing in a place where Jesus walked, talked and taught. And I want you to know, I am praying for both of you out loud by name. And he shared what he was praying for Brian over. And then he shares for me, he's like, and Jeremy, I am praying for God to fully heal your back and all this. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. One hour later, I go home because I jacked up my back. So like, I've been fighting for like almost three years trying to like figure out what the heck is wrong with Mm -hmm. my back. I've worked hard with physical therapy. I stretch every day. I'd like all this kind of stuff. And I, I'm, this is like straight up. Jeremy was in a bad place when he went home Thursday, Mr. Hersel, like, and so my wife is out of town. Um, so I like, I get home and I do my stretches again. I put my tens device on. I kind of go lay in my chair because I still sleeping in a recliner, uh, from when I hurt my back originally, cause I can't seem to lay flat. And so like, I'm like devastated sitting here trying to figure out what's going on with my back. And, uh, so I didn't know what else to do. And so I closed the door and I put my phone on and I just started singing. Mm. And when a song would change or I just didn't know what else to listen to, I would just start quoting scripture, mm. everything that was in my heart. And I'm not going to lie. Like it pulled me from the depths. Amen. And so in the midst of that, I was, I was reading uh, in the word and in Deuteronomy 24, it says this for the Lord, your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Mm. And it like, it just hit me that like, that like when it comes to these battles that we fight, whether it's in our mind or physical stuff or whatever the enemy uses to come at us, like, and just that reminder of like, we know the battles won. We know what the outcome is. And in those moments we're fighting, we got to realize that like the God of the universe is fighting alongside of us. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments when we're struggling in our minds and in our hearts, like rather than digging into the, Oh my bad, God's not going to be me to go into like, no, I serve a God. Who's a strong God. Who's a creator. Who's for me. Like scripture says to taste and to see that he is good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, dude, God just like hit me hard this week, mm-hmm. which is reminded like, you know, I don't, I don't, care and and so i just you know what i've been listening to nonstop is though you slay me Mm. Mm. you know what i mean like though you slay me yet i will praise you Mm -hmm. and look here's the deal has god healed my back yet nope am i still having to go back to physical therapy on monday yep but i go with a perspective in my mind of like kicking the fear out because i know like god's there with me and though i may suffer for a little while here one day i'll stand before god He's going to usher me into eternity and I'm going to worship him for the rest of, uh, of, of my existence. And it's like, all right, well, this is only temporary Amen. and God's fighting for me. 
Man, I'm glad you had that experience. That's uh, that's a victory for you. And it was much needed this week. Man. So, okay, forecast that out. So as we all go into the weekend. That's right. And uh, you're one person. I'm one person. We've both got stuff we're going through. And then you look out across the, the room and see all of the people. That's and right. you can forecast. They've all got what a, what a fresh perspective for all of us as we go in to lead these people. Um, and man, may this be the weekend that so many people in all of our churches can point back to. That was my victory weekend. Amen. Amen. So it's good stuff. Well, let's, let's jump out of the heavy. <laughs> let's jump out of the heavy for just a moment. And uh, why don't we jump into our first segment of the podcast that we like to call Prayer Concerns. I just love this, this, this portion. Each week it brings joy, it brings hope, it brings laughter. And so uh, every week on the Worship Leader Props podcast, we like to read the prayer concerns. And so for us, prayer concerns are all the crazy things that people will write on your comment cards in your services and tournaments. So right where we have it, where it says, how can we pray for you? People like to let us know everything we're doing wrong in the church. Um, and so like people know, uh, we, we always laugh, people know two things, their own job, and how to run a church. Those are like the two things that they know how to do. So um, we appreciate you guys sending those in. So Brian, what do we, what do we got this week for prayer concerns? All right, jumping in prayer concern. Number one, I was told I closed my eyes while I worship and that I need to focus more on the people. Oh, wow. It's very specific. It is very specific. I heard somebody say one time, stop looking up when you're leading worship. I don't want to stare at your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I think family. you might've missed the point. Of yeah, why exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. Number two, uh, I'm the worship leader at our church and I had two older ladies at our church say that they want to get t-shirts with my face and name on them. Although <laughs> they were very bummed that I was so young. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally wear a t-shirt with your face. on. <laughs> I would wear one with yours on. Be a big t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Number three, uh, you really should, shouldn't wear a hat in church, especially one that's backwards. That's unbiblical. And if you don't stop, I'm going to the lead pastor. Oh my And this goodness. is, this is directed to the lead guitarist who wears Christian hats on stage. <laughs> wow. Dude, hats, like that is a sore subject oh, for some people. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Like I remember as a kid walking into the sanctuary with a hat one time and I had three elders come up to me and say, take that hat off. Right. And I'm like, Whoa, what's going on right now? <laughs> Man. All right. Uh, I can't remember what number we're on. This would be number three. This is number three. I have six today. This will be number three. Oh. Okay. Whoa. A lot of Double people. Portion. <laughs> that's right. A lot of people after worship service come up and say, great worship or thanks for leading this morning. Well, one time I anticipated my response a little too soon and a man said, nice weather. And I said, Oh, thank you. The Lord is good. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Okay. The next one. We have a decorative table on stage that has candles on it. A lady pulled me aside after a worship set and told me to blow them out immediately because the smell of the candles was giving her a headache. They are flameless LED candles. That is, that might be my new favorite one ever. (laughs) 
Oh my word. Okay. This is the last one. Bottom of the pudding cup. <coughs> After a praise and worship set, I got this comment. You usually do a really good job. I just don't know what happened today. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, guys, thank you so much for sending in your prayer concerns to the Worship Leader Props podcast. If you would like us to read your concern, all you have to do is go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the prayer concerns tab, and there we got a quick form you can fill out. We don't ask for your name. We don't ask for your church's name. It is completely anonymous. So thank you for being part of what we're doing here mm. on the Worship Leader Props podcast. Thank you. Guys, we're really excited for you to hear from our friend Ray Jones. Ray was at Community Bible Church in San Antonio for 26 years. Um, I know we, we mentioned this a little bit last week, but like when he left and when God uh, moved him on from that church, 1,500 volunteers in the worship ministry. Mm, mm, mm. So um, I'm just, these are one, this is going to be one of those episodes where like, just stop what you're doing, go grab your journal, come back because you're going to want to write some stuff down. And so uh, enjoy part one with our good friend, Ray Jones. Well, the Worship Leader Problems podcast is super excited to have Brian and I's good friend, Mr. Ray Jones here with us on the podcast. I don't even know where to start, Ray, because like, do you know how like the, those commercials for the Dos Equis beer company, the world's most interesting man in our, in our world of worship and tech, I really think you might be the world's most interesting oh, man. Oh my gosh. That's, Absolutely. Uh, that's very kind, but uh, I'm just a regular. I'm not an exceptional. I'm just like you and oh, man. Uh, all these other guys listening today. You guys, I, need dude, to you know. might be regular. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying you dude. might be regular, Ray, but yeah. you have been called to exceptional. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and exceptional all over the world. And we'll oh, yeah. uh, unpack some of that in our uh, conversation today. So I just want to leave a precursor for all of you listening right now. I want you to stop what you're doing. Hit pause. You can totally go do that. We'll wait for you. You'll get you a pad of paper, get a note section up on your phone. We laugh about this all the time. But so Brian, Ray, and I all serve with the Experience Conference. And so Ray is actually in my little coaching group that I'm a part of. And so I, this year in Dallas, I started a section of my phone called Rayisms. And so I love, he's just going to, it's just, God has equipped this gentleman to be able to just drop solid gold. So you're going to want to be ready to write that down. So Absolutely. we'll wait, just hit pause and come back. So <laughs> Ray, yeah. why don't you, let's take some time and let's talk about like your journey into ministry. Um, where God said, like, how'd you, let's go all the way back. Like when did you first know that God was calling you into this worship ministry and producing and all of the cool stuff God's had you been doing over all these years? Well, uh, Jeremy really, uh, I could go back to at my earliest remembrance because you see my mom and dad were in ministry. My dad wow. was the worship nice. leader and wow. uh, my mom was the organist. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was doing church music before I was born. If, if you understand. Wow. <laughs> that so, is, I love it. So, but at age six is when I, I came to realization that I needed a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I wasn't a drug addict or I'd never been arrested or you know, I never I played professional football. I, I was six. My mama wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> but I realized at that point, because of my background and because of my upbringing, I really needed uh, to know Jesus. And so I gave the, the Lord my life very early. And um, someone asked me the other day, well, how are you really sure? And I said, well, you know, I, I think the most 
important fact for me was that immediately I became concerned about all my buddies. And I wanted oh, to do wow. that too. Oh. So, you know, week after week, I'd walk down the aisle with my, there's a Baptist church, you know, and to walk down the aisle. But we walked down the aisle, and I'd walk down the aisle with my friends and say, this is Bob, and he doesn't know Jesus yet, but he wants to. And and so, I mean, it really and truly, um, it, it's that was how I knew that, that God was doing a fresh work in my life. Kind of resisted the the the, the worship thing. Um, when I was uh, 13, God started dealing with me about about ministry. And um, I kind of resisted it because I seen the underbelly because my parents oh, yeah. oh, yeah. grandfather's in ministry. So, you know, you, you kind of go, dude, that's just not me. I can't, I can't yeah. put up with that. And um, anyway, God just continued. But during that, uh, that year, we had these aptitude tests in school. I don't know if you guys took those where, where I did. Yeah. You mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. that thing. And you know, all these guys around me were, um, they were getting like engineer and lawyer and doctor and uh, I got uh, mortician. Oh. <laughs> and as an eighth grade boy, I got permission from God not to lie, but but to just tell them what I wanted to be instead of what that paper said. <laughs> they asked me, I said, sportscaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, but it is during that year that I really had this tussle going on in my spirit. And um, the youth choir got back from a a mission trip and I had this uh, real neat experience with the Lord. And oh. that night God called me. I was 14 years old and it was uh, actually August 25th, 1969. And um, from that day forward, I, I've been serving the Lord. And um, my first week, uh, Mr. Whitehead, the old deacon that used to tap us on the shoulder when we were talking in the back, he, he came <laughs> to me and said, boy, you've been called to ministry. I said, yes, sir. He said, meet me here next week with, you, with your guitar. So I said, okay. I showed up with my 12-string Yamaha and was waiting on the front steps of the church. Mr. Whitehead picked me up and took me to the city jail. Now I'm 14 years old. I'd never been anywhere near the jail. And he walks me and said, we're going you're gonna to preach to these inmates. Whoa. Oh. Holy moly. And I told him, I said, Mr. Wright, I've never preached before. So well, God's called you. He'll give you some. So I went in and <laughs> tried to tune my 12 string, which is impossible. And, <laughs> and, and sang my three little songs and sweat was just coming down my face and 13 inmates in there. I was scared of them. I was scared of the situation. And most of all, I was scared of, of what I was going to say. And I gave them 11 minutes. That's all I had. 11 minutes of everything in the Bible. Wow. None of it connected. None of it made sense. But at the end, I said something that I'd heard my pastor say many times when he said, and if you're here today and you'd like to receive Jesus, say this prayer after me. Mm-hmm. And I prayed the prayer of forgiveness for those inmates and seven of the 13 men raised their hand that they wow. invited Christ into their life. I, I promise you, that's the moment I figured it out. Wow. wow. It's not about me. Mm, mm. Baptism by fire, baby. It's, it's about him. And, wow. and, and all I have to do is show up, be available, and he'll take care of the rest. Amen. So from that day forward, you know, my heart has been to, to give people the gospel, to lead people into the presence of Christ in worship, and to 
help as many uh, along the way as I can yeah. to understand their calling and to fulfill that calling. Mm. So um, moving forward, I've served in five churches uh, in these 50 years. Uh, the last one uh, was Community Bible Church in San Antonio. When I went to Community Bible Church uh, 27 years ago for the first Sunday, Andrea and I, my wife and I led worship and um, we had 230 in the service that day. Wow. I thought I was just going to be there like for a few months just to help them get things started. But I stayed 26 years. 26 wow. years. And the last Sunday I was there, we had 16,000 in worship. Golly. So it went from a, a little church to a big church. Uh, and so I, I was so grateful to the Lord for the experience of trying to to be able to learn in every phase, every size church, but it never did have to leave that particular location. Wow, dude. So did you always just know it was worship ministry? Did you ever explore, maybe it was a senior leadership thing or like, how did you, I mean, did you discern like, okay, I'm going to be in worship? You know, have you ever, have you ever been in a situation in your life where you weren't certain about something, but you just kept putting one foot in front of the other? Because yeah, that, that was the opportunity you had at the moment. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. I kind of resisted the worship thing because uh, a lot of the guys that I knew in worship ministry were sort of like, mm, not kind of like me. I mean, I was a big sports guy. I was a big, you know, and they, they were just really enamored with music. And I was never enamored with music. I, I always loved music, but it was never like my, I never saw it as my end. So gotcha. I saw it always as, 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 a, as a great tool and knew it was a powerful tool. But all along the way, the opportunities I got were mostly to sing and lead worship. And so, you know, kind of after a long time, uh, I finally got into a music major in college because I figured, well, this must be it. And uh, as soon as I did that, you know, I, I God just began to open up huge doors for me. And mm, mm. so that that's it. So I kind of, I kind of just experienced my way into it, knowing I had a calling, but not sure what particular area. Mm. Yeah. But there's three, there's three phases of ministries, guys. It's, it, the first is discovery, right? We all okay. are there. We, 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 we get involved with God and we sense this thing happening in us that we know is unique and different. So the first phase of, of ministry is always discovery. We're just kind of discovering what we are and uh, a direction to go. And then the second phase of ministry for us is, is uh, development. And that's when we, we've decided what we are, but we don't really know how to do it. And so then now we're beginning to, to develop our skill set, develop our, our, um, our, our skills as a team leader, our skills as a musician, our skills. And, and that development, uh, portion of our ministry lasts until the end if you want to stay till the end mm. but Ooh. it is it is a focus for just a period of time but then the last part of our ministry which i think happens quicker than most people think is is investment so so you go from discovering what you are developing who you are into pouring out into others mm. and uh, that's the great commission and and that is for not only just us but that's for every believer but but especially for those of, of us who are, have a specific calling in our life, we at some point need to understand that that it's not about us holding the mic. 
It, it's mm-hmm. not about us playing the lead lick. It's not about us uh, doing the record and uh, being the lead singer for every song. It's not about us being the best or most talented person in our congregation. Uh, it's about none of that. Uh, yeah. You should develop your skills to the very best of your ability level. But the truth is, at some point, it's your job now to reproduce yourself. Mm-hmm. That's discipleship. Mm-hmm. And that's investment. And that, quite frankly, that's where I've been for many years. And it's, it is by far the most rewarding. Well, and you, you're a living example of that and pouring yourself into others. I mean, you have recreated yourself and poured into others so many other times. So how, at what point into your, in your ministry, did you make that transition into pouring into others? Like what, was there an event or God spoke to your heart or what, what, what prompted that? You know, I was uh, I was finishing my college work, actually doing uh, master's work, and I was also serving a church. Uh, I was about 27 years old and um, 26, 27 years old. And an insurance man in our congregation came to me one day. And this guy had been a teacher. I knew he was a Bible teacher and, and very interested in college students. And he said to me, he said, uh, hey, um, putting together a discipleship group and Lord impressed my heart for you to be a part of it. Mm. Uh, would you join me at my home uh, for the next few years at 5.30 a.m. on Friday morning? And um, I had several reactions to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Number one is what, what, what can an insurance salesman tell me about God? Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. And what can I do uh, to get out of this? Because I really don't want to get up at uh, five o'clock every, every Friday morning and go to some guy's mm-hmm. house and listen to him ramble on. And uh, but for some reason, God just stirred in my heart that uh, this was an opportunity I didn't need to miss. So I I showed up that first Friday uh, at five thirty, and I was hooked. Um, the guy's name is Rodney Wood. He's still in ministry today. Uh, he's the chaplain, wow. chaplain for the um, state legislature in Louisiana, and he is. Uh, one of the most um, interesting and vital people uh, in ministry that I know. Um, but he really poured into me. And uh, that's when it began to click that this was the part of ministry that nobody really told me about. I had seen it, but it was like I was so interested in getting my music right and getting people in the ministry and building a program and all that. But then God showed me through this guy, uh, who, by the way, was a third-generation Dawson Trotman disciple. Mm. Dawson Trotman began the Navigators Ministries. You're, you know, one of the most phenomenal really? disciples. Wow. And and he uh, discipled uh, a pastor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Donald Tab. And then Donald Tab uh, was was the mentor for Rodney Wood, and and then of course Rodney discipled me. So I. I, I have those real deep discipleship roots that started at 26, 27 years old, and wow. I've never given those up. And, it, and, it, and really, it has been the centerpiece of, of every ministry I've been in since that time. Wow. So I had two goals in, in, in the worship ministry everywhere I went. Number one was create an environment where God was welcome and where people's lives mm-hmm. could be changed. Mm-hmm. One. The second is, is uh, two train up the next generation of worship worshipers and worship leaders. Mm. And so since that time I've been, I've been doing that and, 
it's it's been it's been a life journey. It really has. All right, dude. I got a question for you. So I've known you for a couple of years now. Yeah. And um, when we were sitting in the little conference room or whatever in Dallas, I saw for me in your eyes as much passion for ministry <laughs> as I've seen so far. And bro, I think you said, didn't you just celebrate 50 years, you and your wife in ministry? That's right. 50 years in ministry since, uh, yeah, August 25th. So it'll be 51 this year. So like, dude, like what has been the key for you to, to be in ministry for that long, but not even just that, like, I just sense this passion that you still have so much for what God is doing. Mm. Like what, what are some things maybe you've practiced in your life that have helped keep, cause man, let's just be honest. Ministry is hard. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Pe- people are mean, like, you know, and especially in, in our world that is so creative and subjective and. Many times we put too much of our identity and our worth on whether or not people like what we're doing. And when they don't like it, it destroys you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how have you been able to, like, I think all of us want to like, when, when it's time and we go home, we're that, that, that sprinter, chest out, arms back, running forward. Like, mm-hmm. and I just see you on that trajectory. Like, what, what wisdom can you give us mm. so we can be in that position later on? I am. Um... I'd love to give you a magic formula, but I will tell you uh, one thing my daddy told me when I got in ministry. He said, son, never quit on Monday. (laughs) 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 And I I really believe that uh, that, that 90% of it is is you just got to keep showing up. Mm. Uh, Mm. So many guys get so discouraged and then they stop showing up. Mm. And I don't mean... Physically, I'm talking about they, they stop bringing their best gift. And um, no matter the circumstances around me, and look, I've been through all those, this stuff. I've been through, I've been sued three times. I've, I've, <laughs> I've been fired twice. I mean, I've, you know, I, I've gone through some, some real, I've had, I had rebellious children, that, you know, that mm. people will criticize you about your children. And, and uh, I've had, um, I mean, I've had all those dark experiences that we all have and just, and it really doesn't take much. I mean, it, it takes one person on, you know, an email to write you and tell you how awful you are that oh, man. It can discourage you for months, you know, we're, yeah. because we're people and, and we have real feelings and, uh, or a bad leader that, that you're having to follow. And I've, I've followed some bad leaders and, and the truth of the matter is, is that God, allows all that stuff in us so that we can in turn help our brothers and sisters in ministry to go forward and say, look, this one thing, you know, God is still God. Mm. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind about you. And Mm. what he wants for you is the most productive and fulfilling life that you could possibly have God's for you. And, uh, and so I, I, that's, that's how I've gotten through. The reason I'm excited now, Jeremy, is that, um, you know, the average age of a worship leader when he changes professions is 42 and a half years old. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I'm bending that curve pretty significantly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But, But it's because guys either rust out or they burn out or they get kicked out. And yeah. And sometimes I'm hearing this term now that's really bugging me. It's it's and I'm hearing pastors use it. And I, I had a worship leader last year week use it with me. He said, I guess I've just timed out. What in the heck does that mean? Right. Timed yeah, out. Right on. So like I time out when I'm in the box and they're that's right. And they're talking Come about on. me at the mic. That's when I time out. And so um I now will they stop paying me? Yeah, probably. Will they stop inviting me to do other things that, you know, everybody thinks cool and get on an airplane and go 500 miles and talk about stuff? I mean, will that stop? Yeah, that's going to stop happening, too. I mean, I may lose my voice and can't ever sing anymore. It's 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 uh, I mean, I'm still singing, but uh, it ain't as pretty as it used to be. Uh, (laughs) You know, but will I ever stop? I, I don't I don't see it in scripture and I certainly don't feel it in my spirit. I feel yeah. in this last chapter more urgent than ever. So that's probably why you you see the passion is I, I want to do as much as I can to build the kingdom of God until he comes or until I go home. Amen. Mm. Amen. Hey, can, can you do something for us? Okay. Ooh. So you talked about community Bible church and at the, at your last Sunday, 16,000, okay. would you give us a snapshot of what what did a service look like at that sixteen thousand level? I mean, I've never done that. Most of us probably won't ever do that. What what did that look like in terms of volunteers and all of that? Well, um, first and foremost, let me paint you this picture. We had multiple services. Uh, I've uh, we did six every weekend. Of those six, I led in four, three or four, depending on the week, and uh, but. Uh, I so significantly had, had 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 made my role different that I mean there were probably people that didn't know I was the lead guy, mm. uh, except when I would maybe minister at the altar or something like that. But um, I had on my staff I had twenty eight people, eight of them were full time worship leaders, but we provided live worship for twenty three services a week. Oh my goodness. good so, night including uh, 10 of those were children's churches, which we were utilizing our uh, students uh, to learn how to play in bands and how to lead worship. And so it was like this, it was like, a, um, you know, like triple-A baseball, you know? Yeah. yeah. We just, we had a, a training league, if you will. And so, um, so, but to all total, uh, for, for the worship ministry itself, we had about 1,500 volunteers. I my had, word. Had over 400 in my worship choir, um, over 70 uh, orchestra players. I, I had um, untold numbers of bands, obviously. And um, all of our music was basically contemporary. Um, the, the services with choir and orchestra, it was different because there are just some contemporary songs that that didn't apply to that mm-hmm. genre. But, uh, you know, we, we really had um, 1,500 different people. 200 of those were in a training school, uh, fine arts, school of fine arts. And wow. um, uh, 40 of those were in a, a, um, the, the band training for children's churches. Mm. And, um, and so it was, a, it was a, <laughs> an administrative nightmare 
but, <laughs> but, it, but I had great people and I, um, I empowered them to do their jobs and I didn't micromanage them. Uh, we didn't meet and, and pour over what songs that they were using in their service. Uh, we had songs that were songs that we knew that our church needed and we just encouraged them to stay in those ranks. But when they brought new songs, that was refreshing. And so we all swam around in that creative pool together, uh, which made it really cool. And wow. it kept me current. Most, most of the guys my age, one of the problems that they have is that at some point they draw a line in the sand and say, that's, you know, I'm, this is what I know and this is what I'm going to do. And uh, those guys now sell shoes at the mall. But, uh, you, know, you know, but that's true in any profession, right? I mean, yeah. yep, yep. the moment you stop learning and stop progressing, uh, you need to do something else. Mm. So. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Hold on. Writing that down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Copious note taking. <laughs> So anyway, that, that was sort of what our week looked like. We, we, we would meet as a staff on Monday. Uh, we, we, we all knew what we had to do, but we were mostly just keeping up with and, and swapping resources. That was huge, too, you know, because you needed to have uh, continuous ongoing network. Hey, my bass player's out this week. And you go, oh, well, my guy could – I've got two guys over here. You can use one of these guys. And, and that, that was uh, a great help, you know, just to swap out. And then uh, once every other week, I met just with the ministry team, those eight worship leaders, and I, I just spent time with them. And uh, my question always in that room was, okay, so who's up next? And they knew what that meant. That meant, because, you know, language creates culture. Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Write that down. Come on. <laughs> Write it down, people. Pause. Write it down. We'll wait. Well, Come language back. creates culture, and culture changes behaviors. So when, when, when you create your own language and, and, and you do that in your team, whether you know what you're doing or not, you create. So when you say something, you don't have to go explain it every time you've created the language already. And so I would say to my team, who's up next? And they knew what that meant is if a Mack truck hit you this week, who's leading for you this weekend? Mm. Who, who have you got so close to you right now who could pick up the mic and go yeah. forward? And so that was an intense uh, question because there were weeks where they didn't have anybody. And, and if, they, if that didn't happen, then I would meet with them and I'd say, okay, well, let's, let's look at your team and you tell me about each one of them and let's identify who's up next. And um, because honestly, we're going to have a huge void in leadership if we don't dis- disciple the next generation of worship leaders. Amen. That's right. Because what's going to happen is we're going to begin to equate talent with spirituality. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. I think that's already yes, happening. Yeah, it is. And so, and so we have this, this great void and, and here's the deal. The congregation, they're, they're sitting there every week. The guy picks up the mic before the pastor speaks and whatever he says, they think it, it carries the same authority as that pastor, as that lead 100%. pastor. They think that he is, has the same spiritual depth as that pastor. And so now we've got, we've got guys who, who just found a really good gig because it's consistent and they pay me every week. And so he's espousing things that he feels. Yeah. Mm. As, as opposed to the things that he knows. Yes. 
And, oh. and so, um, or he just sings songs. I've been to so many churches recently where like the worship guy, and I'm not saying that we all, we should be preaching every week, but I'm telling you, if it's a scripture or if it's a golden nugget that you drop in the middle of the room to set up a song, we need to interact with our people. And, yeah. and, and, and that's not about talent. That's about the passion of Jesus that burns in us to be able to, to pour into our people and love yeah. them enough to give them what God's doing to, to, for us. And so, so you create your own language and I, and I would, that's, that's where we created language in those rooms. And, and, and uh, I, I started to get my board up that I told you about Jeremy that yeah. they gave me when I turned 60 of Rayisms that, that, you know, the things that, that they, I would say them over and over and over. And, and you know that you're changing your culture when you hear those things coming back to you from mm. your people. That's when you know yeah. you've created the culture. And then, yeah. and then you see what happens long-term is it changes their behavior. I, 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 when a person would come into our ministry and they were a little cocky or a little haughty or a little, I never had to say a word to them. Our people policed it because they, wow, nice. they knew the language. And they, yeah. they would say to that person, you know, you're, you're really not all that. No, you know, I mean, I would never have had that conversation because our people would not, they, they, they wanted it so much to be about Jesus that they, they just, they didn't allow that, that stuff to go on. And when that stuff did go on, they would come to me and say, hey, look, uh, I've had this conversation with this person. Uh, I'm not sure they took it well. Uh, maybe we should get together with them, go have coffee, uh, because I don't think they understand us. Mm. So they, wow. they were doing the policing for me. I mean, and uh, that's that's an amazing moment in your ministry, y'all. I, oof, so I hope good. you got some stuff out so of that good. that part one. Um, one of the things I love, uh, and I've heard Ray talk about this a few times, is this idea that language creates culture and culture changes behavior. Mm. Um, just really defining, you know, like we talked about last week, defining what excellence looks like. So that language that Brian has developed that he uses, and we posted that on our Instagram, if you want to go back and look at that and go back and listen to the last episode, like that language will change the culture that's around you. Yeah. And you, it's got to be consistent, right? And that's how, that's, right. that's how a guy goes from leading 200 people to leading 16,000. Yeah. You know, consistent leadership, faithful leadership, God, and God really blessed that in, in that situation. So man, grateful for Ray. Amen. Big play Ray. That's what I'm going to call Big play, it. Ray. I love it. Well, guys, don't forget, um, you've heard us talk a little bit. Uh, we've got our Worship Leader Probs uh, coaching network that's going to be coming. Uh, you'll actually be able to get online and uh, get into some relationship with me, Scott, Brian, a few uh, coaches that we've hand-selected from around the country. Uh, we really just want to continue uh, diving in and helping develop you guys because I love what Scott says. When worship and tech guys get better, our worship is going to get better. And so we've got a really cool curriculum that's been developed. And so that's going to be coming. So keep looking for that. Uh, don't forget, you can go to our website, worshipleaderprobs.com and click on the online store and you can pick up buttons and stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff there. And so guys, we are just so thankful for you guys, the Worship Leader Probs Nation. And until next time, see you. Deuces.